You're listening to Lab Notes, your weekly guide to science and innovation. Hello, I'm Mark Inatpanais. And I'm Leo Stevens. And welcome to The Brief, where we cover two concepts from science and business. G'day, Leo. What have you got for us today? Hi, Mark. Um, today I'm going to be covering the board of directors, which is an important concept from business. So the board of directors are a group of people who are elected to oversee a company. Most board of directors don't work day-to-day in the company, but they meet up periodically to review how the company is performing, to speak with the executive, and to help make important decisions and set strategic directions for the company going forwards. During a meeting, this group will review information about the business that's been provided to them. They'll speak with the company's leadership and executive, like the CEO, and then they'll vote on important issues. It's important to note that the board is a democracy. And these votes are important because the board bears ultimate legal responsibility for the business. So if the business is doing something wrong legally, the board members are the ones who are going to be in trouble. Board members have to be very aware of their obligations under the law and ensure the business itself is operating legally. The composition of a board can vary from company to company, but it's usually between five and ten people, and they're selected either because they represent the interests of a particular stakeholder or because they bring some really valuable experience or networks into the business that might help that group make better decisions. But no matter how they kind of are given their seat, how they're brought in, the board are ultimately responsible to the shareholders. So the shareholders can vote in and vote out board members depending on whether they think they're right for the company or whether they're doing a good job. So that's basically the crux of what a board is and how it functions. That's cool. Um, So who actually elects the members of that board? So ultimately the shareholders are the, the authority that approves board members, but the executive and the existing board members will generally be the ones who decide who is up for election. So they will invite people to be considered for the board and then those people would put up for nomination and the shareholders have to approve them. And if I have, how many votes do I get? Is it linked to the amount of shares or is it just per person? In terms of who is on the board, that's basically a diplomatic decision between the the shareholders. And sometimes, particularly in small companies, there'll be specific clauses in the company's constitution and shareholder agreements that specify where directors are coming from. So... For example, you might have an early investor who in their investment in the company has the right to elect a board member and that's preserved even if their shareholding becomes smaller or if there are other changes in the company. So they kind of get this this vote on the board indefinitely as a result of that. Another board member that's quite common to see is if there's a company founder who starts a company but then kind of steps down from their executive role, they might stay on as a chairman of the board or as a member of the board to continue that influence without having to run the day-to-day operations of the business. And, and how often would a board of directors meet? Um, typically, monthly or every couple of months. Um, for smaller companies, you might get a quarterly meeting or even biannually meetings. But yeah, monthly or bi-monthly is probably the most common setup for when boards meet. And when they vote, is it just a straight majority, so half plus one, or do they need to get, say, 66% or two-thirds of all the votes in order to make a decision? Almost every decision will be a simple majority. 
Um, there may be special cases and uh, decisions that the board can make that require a higher percentage than that, but in most cases it's the majority rules on a board. And how do they deal with conflict of interests between board members that, let's say, you mentioned that the CEO might be on the board. Are they a full voting member of the board? Yeah, look, conflicts of interest are extremely common among board members. In fact, almost all of them will, even if they don't come in with a shareholding in the company, they will be given some as options or as part of their remuneration as a board member. They will become shareholders of the company. So it's not that particular members won't have conflicts of interest. Uh, it's that they will be declared. And in some ways, it's also that there's, there's an alignment of interests, you might say, because if the, if the board members are also shareholders of the company, then they're all trying to achieve the same thing of, of improving and growing that company. Um, but yeah, quite common for, for a board member to have some conflict of interest. And I guess like other places, it just needs to be declared and acknowledged. And the shareholders need to consider that when they're choosing to elect that particular board member. Okay, that's probably all we have time for for the board of directors. So let me talk to you about university council. The equivalent body within the university. What have you got for us? Sort of. Well, universities are organizations with income that is often in the billions. And most people will probably know that most of that income comes from student fees. So the scale of a university organization requires that it has an appropriate governance structure. So in Australia, the council is the governing authority of a university. And it has a number of parallels with the role of a board of directors for a company. So for example, the council monitors the performance of the university chief executive. So at a university, that person is usually known as a vice chancellor. Other major responsibilities for a council include approving the university budget, its business plan, but also setting strategic direction. However, where a council differs from a board of directors is how the members are appointed to the council. For example, in New South Wales, the state government directly appoints two members whereas the council itself also appoints a number of members, and then the students and the employees elect another number of members from their ranks. And there you have it. These are the basics of a university council. Yeah, it's, that's quite interesting, Mark, with the, the election of, I guess, what you would consider quite junior people to that council, particularly the student representatives. I guess that's equivalent to a, a kind of frontline worker within a company being on the board, which would be quite rare to see. Do you have a, a sense of what influence those, those people have on the council? I believe the council takes a vote, so I assume that they have a vote just like a board of directors. But you, you make a very important point there. At a university, you will have an undergraduate representative, a postgraduate representative, academic staff members and professional staff members that make up a significant proportion of the membership of the council. Maybe that's something that companies should consider, having some low-level uh, employee representation at the board level. It would be an interesting crossover that you would not often see. No. Um, and how does the university executive deal with this council? People like the VC and, and other members who are the day-to-day -day operations of the university, are they on these committees? 
the vice chancellor, who is the equivalent of a chief executive, is a ex officio member of the council. So they are a member of the council, but they're not a voting member, as I understand. And it's if the vice chancellor wants to change anything in the operations of the university or variation to the budget, he has to go to council and council has to approve the budget. So, for example, if the vice chancellor wants to lay off a number of staff members, that will have to be approved by council. If they want to invest funds, that will have to be approved by council. All right, well, that's getting up to the end of our brief episode. So thanks for listening in and we'll catch you next week. Catch you next week.